When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Welcome to another episode of Bucks and Six, a Milwaukee Bucks podcast brought to you by Fans First Sports Network. My name is Stephen Dorf, and alongside me, as always, is my co-host, Hershey Winkleman. Check us out on social media. We're on Instagram and Twitter at Bucks and Six FFSN. And then you can find this and all of our other podcasts on Apple or Spotify. So turn those notifications on, leave a, a review, a rating, or like. Does us wonders. Hirsch, Bucks actually hang on to, you know, a tough win against the Nets, 129-125. You could say it was a back and forth. Um, Giannis looked really, really good to start the night off. Uh, that's kind of the first thing I want to point out. Uh, 17 points in the first half, finished the game with 36. However, he took se- he took seven threes, made one of them. The issue that he took seven threes, I think that's the biggest issue with that. Not that he made one, but uh, yeah, he goes three for three in his last game. So maybe he was just feeling it or something, but seven threes from Giannis, not ideal. Uh, But he did go five of six from the free throw line. So that's nice to see him hitting his free throws. You would like to see him get there a little bit more. But again, it was a great game from Giannis. But I guess, Hirsch, that's the first thing I noticed from tonight. Anything uh, about Giannis's performance in particular that, you know, got you excited? I mean, definitely. We, you know, we, we've been talking about it, you know, throughout that Giannis has looked a little, you know, less like his former self, uh, you would say, to start off the year. And obviously, like you mentioned, you know, just as I was watching the game, every single time he would take one of those, I would just be like, no, 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 no. And then he would shoot it and then it would miss. Um, so, you know, that's definitely not what you're looking for out of, you know, your MVP and especially a guy who, you know, like we keep mentioning is unstoppable when he gets downhill and is going to the rim. Uh, but, you know, one thing I do kind of want to touch on is down the stretch, Giannis's rebounding actually came up uh, super clutch for us. There were multiple times where, you know, we needed a, a tap out or an offensive rebound. He kept it alive. Uh, and at the end of the game, he got a really clutch defensive rebound, uh, tapping it to Chris Middleton over two people to, you know, then pass it to Damon. Then get he see he sealed it out at the line. So, you know, I like seeing Giannis rebounding. Obviously, we know how good of a rebounder he really is, but just to see it, you know, down the stretch, Giannis was locked in, not making really any, you know, mental errors or mistakes down the stretch, with which we have seen uh in the past from him. I like to see, you know, the ball out of his hands, and we did see that tonight. So yeah, I just think all around great game from Giannis other than the shooting of the threes, which I think every single time he does it, even if he makes it, it's a bailout for the defense. Um, I, I would prefer him to not take any, uh, but seven is definitely way too many. So that, that's that's where I would leave it at Giannis. 
Yeah, and it also kind of looked like Giannis ran some more of that pick and roll action that we've been waiting to see from him, especially at the end of the game, him and Dame and even Chris a little bit. Uh, there were two possessions where the first one, it worked out second one, he missed, but it was still a good shot attempt. Like he's going to get better at that, but good to see that. But speaking of Dame, uh, another, you know, tough night for him, you know, still getting used to the things here in Milwaukee, five of 15 with 21 points. Uh, he, he got to the free throw line a lot and actually had a couple of, you know, clutch free throws for us to close out tonight's game. So it's good to see him doing that. Uh, but Again, like, you know, anyone panicking with Dame, I, I just think it's he'll figure it out. Like we we know what Dame is. He's been he's done this for what 10 plus years now, or he's been a 20 plus elite top tier scorer. So we know what he is, and it's it's just gonna take time. I mean, that's kind of my biggest thing with Dame right now, Hirsch. Yeah, I mean, you can tell even when you're watching him, he's definitely trying to, you know, see and kind of feel out where he fits in with this offense and you know, where he can, you know, be aggressive and get his buckets. Um, you know, I, as a Bucks fan, you know, I, I would like to see him become, you know, at least a little bit more assertive on the offensive end and, you know, kind of take control of the reins when he's out there. But, you know, even, even on a poor shooting night, like tonight, you know, he still filled it up uh, in other areas, you know, six rebounds for your point guard. You love to see that, you know, as well as, you know, his playmaking ability at seven assists tonight as well. So he's still able to fill it up and, you know, produce in other areas, even when he's not, uh, necessarily scoring the best, which is, you know, Tonight, I think, was a little bit different than what we've seen in the past where, in, you know, in, in those bad losses against the Hawks and the Raptors, Dame was, you know, he wasn't assisting, he wasn't doing really anything, and he was turning the ball over and missing shots. So he was just an all-around negative. But even tonight, you know, he was still making his presence known out there, even though he was 5 of 15 from the field. Yeah, and you say that, you know, you like I like you say you want him to be more aggressive you know, down the stretch, I thought he, you know, he was, he took a three, it missed pretty badly, but you know, he took a big three that, you know, you'd expect him to hit. He got to the line, you know, taking those tough uh, fouls for us. So, but throughout the game, like if he's not going to play well, if he's not going to hit his shots, like, I feel like he knows like, all right, tonight's not my game. And you know, you said like when he's making like plays for other people out there, it makes him very effective that way as well, especially on a night where he can't, you know, find his shots. So and on, honestly, on a game where Giannis is going to drop 37, like let's just play through Giannis. Chris Middleton also shot the ball really well. So you just want to play through those guys. I feel like on those nights where Dame struggles, but uh, I mean, yeah, if he, if he got off to a better start, I would totally agree. Like Dame needs to keep firing, but there have been games where he hasn't looked aggressive, but I think this was kind of a good balance of being aggressive and also being a good facilitator. Yeah. And I mean, you can kind of tell he's like still like looking to like figure out, you know, where his spots are that, you know, he 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 really needs to be aggressive. But I think, you know, we've seen a pattern now with the rotations where, you know, Giannis and Dame will start the game together and then Giannis is the first one to come out. I think once Giannis comes out in that first quarter and Dame is on the court with, you know, Bobby Portis or Jay Crowder and a Chris Middleton and Brooke, like all those guys are still out there, but Giannis came off and, you know, Dame's leading the team now. I think that that's the time where I, you know, I'd like to see him have, you know, those seven, eight point spurts to end a quarter uh, because, you know, those, those you know, give you a lot of momentum, you know, throughout the game, especially if you end a quarter on a, you know, a quick run that, you know, Damian Lillard, you know, we know what he can do. I mean, he can shoot it from anywhere. He can attack, like he, he can fill it up. So just just picking his spots, you know, throughout the game. And and like you mentioned, I mean, I agree. It, 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 will, it will take time with him. And, you know, I think, you know, throughout the season, 
as they, you know, gain chemistry, like we've been mentioning, I think it'll all work itself out. Definitely. Um, let's move on to, you know, Chris Middleton, uh, at the end of the game, you know, he, he really looked like he was back. I love to see, you know, the fact that we did, it did for the first time. It looked like we had, you know, two true closers to end the game. Uh, he hit multiple clutch shots and shooting, including a three and a mid range in the final two minutes, uh, looking like, you know, the championship, Chris Middleton against the Brooklyn Nets where, you know, he hit very similar shots to, you know, end those games. Um, and, you know, he had 15 points on, you know, relatively a couple more minutes. So, we, you know, we were seeing his minutes increase, you know, slowly but surely. So, yeah, I think, you know, ramping up Chris Middleton, which is something I know both of us have advocated for on the pod. Um, I just think, you know, him coming back, him, you know, mixing it up in the offense. I, I really think he is going to be, you know, our, our X factor throughout the year. Yeah. And just having like the thing with Chris too, like seeing him score 15 points on six of 10 shooting is really, really nice. Especially, you know, we haven't gotten to see him play in the last couple of years. Nice to see him find his offensive game, but you know, with that offense, he's a really good playmaker. Like that's one of the things like having him as like your secondary or tertiary, tertiary, uh, ball handler, like, it's just like, it's just a huge bonus to have for a team. And we, I mean, we've seen him drop 40 points in a finals game. So we know what he's capable of as a scorer. We know what he can do as a passer. I mean, it's just really the defense, I guess, with him is the one concern, but what he gives you on offense is just such a plus. And he's only getting 21 minutes. So once he gets, you know, back up to that 30, 32 mark, I'm excited to see what this offense can do with, you know, him and Damian Lillard running the offense with Giannis as more of a screener and, you know, cutter. Definitely. And, you know, we, we kind of saw them playing at the end of the game, at least more through Chris than through Dame. Uh, when you look at just, you know, who was running the offensive sets near the end of the game, uh, looked like a lot of the time, you know, Giannis felt a little bit more comfortable being that screen setter for Chris. Uh, my guess is probably that just that, you know, they have that built-in chemistry as they, you know, grew up in the league together and played together for so many years. But you could definitely see that tandem, like, at work, kind of looked, you know, vintage Giannis and Chris just filling it up, uh, playing two-man game, and Dame was kind of off on the side, which, you know, which is fine for me because Chris Middleton has shown in the past that, you know, he's proven it over over a long sample size that, you know, he can and will close games out. And especially against a lot of these Eastern Conference opponents, Chris Middleton is considered, you know, a Celtics killer. Uh, you know, you might call him a Nets killer as well as after what he did to them in the playoffs. Uh, so, yeah, Chris Middleton, you know, we, we we know what he can do. And having, you know, three all-star guys out there just to be able to finish a game, I think, you know, that's invaluable to this box team at this point. Yeah, and I think like a moment like in tonight's game that really stuck out to me, just like where it was like, wow, we have three like legit all-star caliber players on our team was when Chris had the ball uh, on one of the wings and then he kind of throws it across to Damian Lillard, who's chilling on the other side. And Dame then throws it to a cutting Giannis who does a spin move. And then uh, it was like a dunk and it just, it was kind of an exclamation point on the game. And it was just like, wow, we have these three like talented offensive weapons and once it was just kind of like a sign of things to come for me, it's because once they do get that, you know, play style and chemistry built, it's going to be a lot to deal with on the offensive end. And then, yeah, Giannis, you know, closing it out on defense makes it even better just to have that. So 
I think that's definitely something to be really, really, you know, excited and to look out for is just those three building up that chemistry. Yeah, definitely. And, and, you know, after, you know, talking about the top three guys, I think, you know, we, we should transition more into looking at the role players. Cause you know, it's been back-to-back games now where Jay Crowder really has been, you know, an X factor coming off the bench for us. Uh, another night, you know, shooting shooting well from three-point range. Uh, you put up 15 points, you know, campaign again with, you know, a good game off the bench with 11, Bobby with 11, Pat with 10. So, you know, we had four guys off the bench in double figures, which is great to see. Um, you know, Marjan not in that group. Uh, he did get some minutes tonight, but uh, wasn't as productive as he has been in the past, but you know you like to see that Adrian Griffin has a rotation of guys that know their role and are able to you know step in and play a big productive and you know valuable role to the team at any moment. And I think you know we're seeing that. And a lot of people, you know, once we made you know all those different moves all throughout the off season, a lot of people in the national media and a lot of podcasts all around the country were saying, "Oh, the Bucks have depth issues. The Bucks have depth issues. What are they going to do in the playoffs? Come, I mean, you know, we have a great starting five, but the, the bench is going to be a problem. So far, you know, that has not been the case. This bench unit has been lights out so far, and you know, you you hope that to see it continue, but. You know, with guys like Jay Crowder, Bobby Portis, and Campaign, you know that those are you know, those are pretty electric guys who can go off any night. And you know, we're we're seeing it happen. We're seeing them get open looks, you know, throughout the game and within this offense. And I think you know when you have guys like Giannis and Dame who, you know, garner so much attention on the offensive end, it's just going to open up the floor more for these guys. They're going to get wide open shots like Jay Crowder did tonight, where he's just chilling in the corner. Really, just all he has to do is catch and shoot, and that's all you really want him to do. Um, and we've seen him be extremely effective on multiple finals teams, just just playing that role, and that that's what he did tonight. Uh, you know, Bobby stepped in, played some played some good defense at the end of the game as well. You know, when when you know we kind of need some perimeter defense out there, some quicker guys to you know stay in front of you know their small lineup with Ben Simmons at center. So. You know, definitely happy to see what I've been seeing from the box bench so far this season, for sure. Yeah, and you know, something with all four of those guys, Jay, Cam, Bobby, and Pat, I mean, they've all, all of them have been to a finals and have played well in the finals. I mean, they played against each other, but Jay has been to a couple. So like you said, I mean, just a lot of experience. Um just really good to see that, uh, you know, Pat Connington, a guy who, you know, I've seen a lot of Bucks fans say he needs to lose his minutes, this and that. I think it's just with Pat, like he, he's not like a superstar. He's a role player. He's going to come in and he's going to have bad games where he shoots 0 of 6. He's going to have games where he goes, you know, 20 points and doesn't miss a shot. But the thing we do know about a guy like Pat is that he's going to show up in the playoffs when it matters most. And, you know, just to see that, you know, to, to have that reassurance in a game like tonight was really big. Um, moving on to more of a team statistic or just a, a team thing, uh, rebounds. Bucks didn't get out-rebounded tonight, Hirsch. So we actually won the rebounding battle by one. And, you know, at the end of the game, actually, Giannis had a very clutch rebound, as you mentioned earlier in the podcast, to seal the game off for us. Oh, I mean, how nice is it to see that the Bucks, you know, are starting to figure out that, you know, issue that we had in our first five games? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely has been an issue so far. I mean, I know you mentioned it in the last podcast and, you know, we were talking a little bit about it. But yeah, a team like with Bobby Portis, Brooke Lopez, uh, guys like Jay Crowder, Giannis, obviously, should not be getting out rebounded by, you know, teams like the Raptors by 31. Um, even like 
teams by the Hawks. I mean, that that's really how you're going to lose games. And it was really nice to see, um, you know, that we didn't lose the rebound battle tonight. I mean, obviously it was, we didn't win it by a huge margin, but it's at least good to see that, you know, we were competitive on the boards with the other team. Uh, defensively though, has also, you know, been a huge issue for this team so far. Uh, I know you kind of wanted to touch on, you know, the perimeter and, you know, the guard play. Uh, after you know we gave up 45 points in back-to-back games to uh, Jalen Brunson and DeCam Thomas. So yeah, what what do you kind of think about how the Bucks just need to improve on the on the perimeter because it's been bad so far. I mean, yeah, pretty much every team we've played, not pretty much every team we've played has torched us, you know, with their guard play outside of the Hawks. However, that team, I mean, when we played them, they had what eight, nine guys in double figures. So everyone was killing us then. But, you know, game one, we play the Sixers. Tyrese Maxey scores 30 on us. Then we play the Heat. Tyler Hero has 35. Jalen Brunson and the Knicks drop 45. And then, yeah, tonight, Cam Thomas, 45 again. So, and then Mikel Bridges with 31 too, another guy who plays on the wing. He's a he's a guard forward type guy. So it's just we're getting killed by those types of players. And, you know, we said that teams with strong guard play scare us as a matchup. And, you know, it's we're getting beat on that end of the floor really, really bad right now. And I I think that the obvious like, you know, solution right now is replace uh, uh, Malik Beasley with anyone. But I I mean, if we throw Jake Crowder, you throw Marjan Bochamp, like these aren't necessarily the quickest guys. Like, I think we need like a true, like, like full on guard defender, you know, someone like an OG Tony Allen, obviously Tony Allen isn't someone you're going to get, but just someone like that who can put all of that energy on the defensive side of the floor because we don't need them to play offense. We have Damian Lillard, we have Giannis, we have Chris. So we we just need someone who can just put 100% effort on the defensive, defensive side of the floor, kind of like that P.J. Tucker role for us. Definitely, and I know, you know, a lot of Bucs fans have been advocating for, you know, Alex Caruso. I know we've seen some, you know, Dorian Finney-Smith, which I know you're – you're definitely on board with that, you know, after you've been texting me tonight, you know, a guy like that, you know, we saw him in action tonight. He's a, he's a good defender. He can, you know, play his role on offense, but he, you know, we, I agree with you. I I think Malik Beasley needs to go, uh, whether that be him be demoted to the bench and, you know, have, have last minutes or whether he gets traded. I mean, I don't want to be, you know, disrespectful to the guy, but he doesn't really fit with this team. Um, And, you know, I, I comp- we're going to need some a guard, someone to stop at least one of the guards because they you know uh, these teams like the, like the Knicks and the Nets and the Heat and even the Sixers they they only have one elite guard and we're getting torched. There are multiple teams in the NBA with two or three elite guards, um, and those are the games that should be really really frightening to us because. If we can't contain one, I don't understand how we're going to be able to contain two or three, uh, especially, you know, on the perimeter. Uh, but, you know, like you, like you have mentioned, the Bucs do do a good job, you know, in the paint at least. Uh, and tonight, you know, they played a lot of zone. That that might have, you know, contributed to that a little bit. You know, we saw a lot of that 3-2 uh, zone throughout the game. Uh, but, you know, we also had a lot of turnovers, and that's leading to a lot of fast break points. So, I the offense is, I guess, you know, not playing well enough that, you know, we can get back on defense, but there's definitely things that, you know, we need to work on as a team, especially defensively. 
Uh, and I guess we're not getting back on defense, which is really weird and tough to say to a team that, you know, should be a, a championship contender. But, you know, 20 fast break points is just too many to give up to a team. Uh, and we're honestly lucky that we pulled this one out tonight. Yeah, I mean, you know, speaking of the fast break defense, like, like I said it on the last podcast, you know, guys complaining this, that just not getting back. Like it's as simple as like, we just aren't hustling back on defense. Like they are literally jogging back. And even after, you know, after like Giannis makes a dunk and he's just like, you know, he's celebrating after and, you know, walking back and like slow motion doing like a, a mean mug, but it's like, just get back on defense where like, it's just like nice dunk, but like everyone knows you can do that. Let's, let's get back. Let's play good defense. Let's close this game out. And to me, I think that's just the biggest thing is just, they're not getting back. They're not hustling. Definitely. I, I agree. And, you know, maybe, you know, they're putting a little too much effort now into deep into rebounding that, you know, they're not able to get back on defense. I don't know. I don't, I, I really don't, I couldn't tell you what the issue, what the, what the issues are here and how to fix them, but definitely going to need, you know, AG and some coaching decisions, some coaching adjustments uh, need to be made defensively. And, you know, we're going to keep harping on it and keep saying it until, you know, it gets better. I mean, the Bucs at this point, you know, through six games, they're 25th in the league in defensive rating. So, like, like at what point is it? does it become like an actual, you know, talking, like a worrying talking point? The fact that, you know, the Bucs really are, are not able to contain guards of any sort at this point. I mean, even a guy like Dennis Schroeder went off against us, and he's, you know, considered in the pool of the NBA players to be a pretty, you know, he's had pretty average guard when it comes down to it, so... You know, when it comes down to, you know, the vast talent and the vast, you know, wealth and depth of guards in this league, you know, it, it's not, it's never really going to be an easy night. And, you know, we're, we're going to talk about that a little bit later, you know, when we uh, preview the the Pistons and the Pacers uh, coming up. But both of those teams are not easy, you know, easy matchups when it comes to, you know, defending guard play. And I, I I agree with you completely that we are going to need a serious change on this roster to get somebody who is able to defend the one or the two. Yeah, I mean, I whether it be a trade of, you know, again, it's probably too early to do that, but just do something like he's Malik Beasley has started every game for us so far. And it's we've been getting torched every game in the same way. It's time to do something, make it like just make some switch, whether it be Marjan, Jay, Pat, even just get someone else out there who we know can just play solid defense. Just someone. Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, one guy who we saw have a great defensive performance in the last game uh, with eight blocks was Brooke Lopez. He looked pretty out of juice tonight, both offensively and defensively. Uh, didn't have any blocks, wasn't really, you know, impactful in rim protection. And then also offensively, you know, he really didn't provide anything, only four points uh, inefficient from the field as well. I mean, it was negative in his plus minus out, uh, out there, uh, which is, you know, a catch-all stat for, you know, how well you did out there on the court. He was minus 15 in his minutes out there. Uh, so, yeah, Brooke, I he looks like a different player to me. I, I, that's that he's definitely a player I'm worried about. I think, you know, possibly the league might be, you know, too fast for him at this point. Um, but yeah, Brooke Lopez definitely need to see some improvement because, you know, we're not going to be a championship contender with him putting up these kind of numbers. Yeah. Brooks just out on the perimeter too much, like defensively speaking, he's out on the perimeter too much. 
that's like, I mean, that's the issue. He is, you know, he's a slow guy. He's seven feet tall. He He's not out there outrunning anybody. He doesn't have good lateral quickness. I mean, the way the Bucks have used him the last, uh, you know, five years or so, it's it's been all in drop coverage. And that's the only way they've used him. So it just, you know, adjusting to that. And maybe Brooke Lopez isn't able to adjust to that. And that, you know, might, that is a concern that he can't because before he found Bud and before Bud found him, it wasn't like Brooke was ever out there known as a defender. Yeah. And it's concerning that he couldn't play at the end of the game. Like he, he had to be subbed out for Bobby Portis, a guy who was also known for being a liability, uh, you know, on the defensive side of the ball. And that, it's something that, you know, we also might have to address, you know, at some point this year, we gave Brooke Lopez $25 million a year and it's, it's not, you know, I'm not rushing to replace Brooke this and that, like, I want to find that fit because I know, you know, when Brooke is at his best, how much he means to our team. It's just AG, you know, there's a lot of pressure on Adrian Griffin right now. He's going to have to figure out how to get, you know, how to utilize Brooke's talents to the best of their ability. Definitely. I agree. And I mean, you can't really complain like at, like so much because, you know, like we are on a two game win streak, you know, first win streak of the season. And, you know, we are four and two. So you can't, you know, be super mad. But there are definitely some things on this box team that are pretty glaring. And, you know, against maybe better competition, you might see us, you know, not necessarily pull out those wins. But, uh, Let's take a quick break and we'll come back and uh, review the Bucks' upcoming back-to-back against the Pistons and the Pacers. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And we're back on the Bucks and Six podcast. My name is Hershey Winkleman. He's Steven Dorf. And we're going to take a quick, uh, you know, we're going we're gonna to recap or uh, preview these next upcoming games against the Pistons and the Pacers. Uh, taking a quick look at the Pistons so far, just a little overview on their team. Uh, they're two and six so far. You know they've they've struggled to start out the year. Uh, their only wins so far this season are against you know pretty some pretty you know not great teams and the Hornets and the Bulls. Uh, offensively, they're 18th in the league in offensive rating. Defensively, they're 20th. So you know below average in both. Uh, they do have a guy like Cade Cunningham, who you know I I guarantee you we're gonna talk you know a lot about him torching us probably simply because we can't guard on the perimeter. Uh, you know, he's leading their team with 23 points per game. Jalen Duran, uh, their young center as well, also breaking out. And then, you know, they do have, you know, some talented young guys like Jaden Ivey and Asar Thompson that, you know, might be might be guys to watch out for in this one. Yeah, this is a, a, a people were calling them the Showtime Pistons at one point this year. I don't know if they still are. Uh, they're definitely an exciting team to, you know, watch play basketball. They've got a lot of young guys, you know, you mentioned Katie Cunningham, but they've got Jaden Ivy. They just drafted Asar Thompson too. So bunch of young, like cool guys to watch very like aesthetically pleasing games, but a team, the Bucks should be able to beat, but you know, with the way that we have been playing, we, it, it could be a close game. So it, there really aren't any games with 
at this stage of the season that I'm just going to chalk up as a W for the Bucks right now until, you know, I see us really patch up those things on the defensive side of the floor. Yeah, definitely. I agree. I mean, you can't really necessarily say that, you know, against any team this year, uh, you know, the Bucks, you know, have it wrapped up every game so far is going to look like it's coming down to the wire. The Bucks really haven't, you know, blown anybody out uh, this year so far. Uh, we're, we're yet to see it. I mean, hopefully it does happen relatively soon. And, you know, the chemistry looks great. Everything looks all patched up and the Bucks, you know, blow a team out by 25 plus. But, you know, definitely, you know, probably doesn't happen in this game. I mean, we've got a lot of issues. We got to patch up, uh, you know, Pistons, you know, might might be, you know, looking to come at us with a vengeance after, you know, a pretty rough start to their season. You know, you've seen that happen multiple times this year where a team, you know, comes off a couple tough losses, they have to play the Bucks, and, you know, they they hit everything. Uh, we've seen that with the Hawks. We've seen that with the Raptors this year so far. Uh, you know, Pistons might be looking to uh, turn their season around, and, you know, this could definitely be a worrisome game for the Bucks, to say the least. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, again, I you know, I just said no game, you know, at this point in this uh, season for the Bucs is going to be an easy win. Pistons are going to come at us, you know, probably pretty hard, you know, being two and six, they want to be a team that's competitive at this point. I imagine, you know, they've acquired all these young uh, draft picks and they've turned them into players. So it's time to turn those players into winning players. But, uh, you know, we play the Pacers, you know, the next day, four and three this year, they've lost to the Hornets and Bulls, just like the Pistons or the teams, the Pistons have uh, beaten them at. Uh, and then they've also lost to the Celtics, a team that everyone likes to think is going to be the team the Bucks match up with in the conference finals if we can get there this year. But the Pacers are a team who on one spectrum are second on offense and on the other side are 27th on defense. So uh, a team that might actually give the Bucks a lot of problems, Hirsch, with Tyrese Halliburton, Benedict Matherin, you know, another young guy, young guard who's really electric out there and knows how to get to the hoop. Uh yeah, Pacers, Hirsch, is this a team that you're nervous about? Definitely. I mean, and when you look at, you know, second in offensive rating, I mean, that, that means that they're just playing, you know, with a lot of pace on offense, which, you know, could screw the Bucs uh, in, in, you know, the long run of the game simply because, you know, like we mentioned, we're not getting back on defense. We're giving up a lot of fast break points, offensive rebounds, you know, as well as not being able to guard perimeter play. Uh, you know, Tyrese Halliburton leads their team with 24 points per game. They also have, you know, Buddy Heald, uh, who's one of their other main contributors. And, you know, we'll see how useful Brooke Lopez is in this one because Miles Turner can definitely step out, play on the perimeter and hit some threes, which is going to pull Brooke away from the rim uh, and possibly, you know, leave him, uh, you know, vulnerable to, to penetration like we've seen in the past. So, you know, both of these games, honestly, coming into the year, we would not have said are, you know, very – scary games we would have probably both coming into this year said that you know we're gonna win both but what's your prediction do you think we win both split or lose two I mean I think we have the potential to win both I mean this team at you know if it plays well and we've seen it play well at times this year they look really 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 good but I also imagine Chris Middleton probably will sit one of these two games probably the Pistons game I think but you never know maybe he plays both uh, I think, but realistically, I think we'll split. I think we'll beat the Pistons. The Pacers do scare me. I think they cause a lot more matchup, you know, issues on defense. 
you know, specifically Tyrese Halliburton, Benedict Mather, and a guy who could drop 30 on us. Uh, yeah, I think we go one and two, Hirsch, or one and one, I meant. Yeah, I actually completely agree. I'm going to go with you the same way. I think Pistons, I think we'll definitely will be, we'll look better against the Pistons than we will against the Pacers. I think the Pacers are a pretty brutal matchup for at least this version of the Milwaukee box. Yeah. The only thing, so, you know, we talk about our issues with rebounding going back to the Pistons game. I mean, even Tyrese Halliburton, he's a taller guard. Caden Cunningham is a taller guard. Do you think their ability to grab rebounds is going to be an even, an even bigger issue with the fast break? Cause they're just going to be able to get the ball and push the offense. I mean, yeah, definitely. And, you know, one thing that, you know, we've said is that, you know, the one thing Malik Beasley does have going for him against some of these smaller players is that, is that he is, you know, 6'4", 6'5", you know, decently, you know, bulky. But against a guy like Kate Cunningham, who's, you know, 6'7", 6'8", against a guy like Tyrese Halliburton, who's, you know, his height, he doesn't really have that advantage. And he's on the def- uh, the disadvantage when it comes to, you know, just quickness and everything else. And yeah, you know, rebounding definitely is going to be an issue when it comes to, you know, Damian Lillard or Malik Beasley or campaign, but trying to box out a guy who's six foot eight and that that's who they're guarding. Um, you know, a, a guy to look at, you know, too, in this P- Pistons game is, is Jaden Ivey. Uh, he's had a pretty rough start to the season so far, only averaging about 11 points, but, uh, he, you know, he's very quick on the perimeter, a lot like Cam Thomas when, you know, it comes to just getting his shot off, getting to the rim. Uh, and you know, we've had problems with Cam Thomas all night, you know, he scored 45 on us. So, a breakout game might be coming for a guy like Jaden Ivey. And, you know, that's also not necessarily good to see because if the Bucks do hone in on Cade Cunningham and try to shut him down, they they also have another quick guard who's a, a scoring threat. Yeah, I just think the easy solution here would to be get would to give Andre Jackson AJ Green shooting and then throw Andre Jackson in his starting shooting guard and just call it a day. Yeah, I mean, they're definitely going to have to do something to figure uh, the shooting guard position out. I think we can both agree on that. Uh, that's going to be it for today's episode of the Bucks and Six podcast. Make sure to leave a like, download, subscribe, and follow us on both Twitter and Instagram at Bucks and Six FFSN. I'm Hershey Winkleman. He's Steven Dorf. And let's go, Bucks.